0: From the fifth quarter studios in madison wisconsin you're listening to coach unplugged and now your host
1: steve collins hey everybody welcome to coach unplugged um today uh, before we jump in, we'd love to, if you'd leave a review on iTunes and, or wherever you listen to podcasts, those five stars do really help. Um, we'd also like to give a big shout out to our sponsors. Um, first of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market. I'll get it out. Um, not only are they innovative, it's unbelievable how shooting machines are, are have changed. You know, I remember when they used to have those long metal racks coming from the court, um, but how they've innovated, how they've put the trainers right in front of you unbelievable so go over and check it out also go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better it's the one-stop shop for basketball coaches there's nothing else on the market like it nowhere else are you going to get the bat phone to the person running it no you know yes they might do quarterly or monthly or weekly calls but they're not they're not on your backing call if you have a question if you have an email trust me i will get back to you i will respond i will get on a call with you that day so come over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better let's head off to the podcast all right welcome to coach unplugged episode a thousand something that's crazy um (laughs) i try not i'm a math teacher i try not to do the math and figure out how much how much time i've done talking about basketball but i do love it it's so much fun so lee i'm gonna have you introduce yourself we were talking before we came on the air um about me being on the on the east coast uh a, a week ago but um Tell us about a little bit about your basketball journey, introduce yourself, tell us about your basketball journey, and then just kind of tell us how you got, it it intrigues me how you coach both teams, so I want to dive into that a little bit too, Um, (laughs) how how that works logistically, Um, and uh, yeah, we'll just dive into that, but go ahead, Lee, introduce yourself and kind of just tell me how you got into coaching and all that kind of stuff.
0: Okay, my name is Lee Petrie, I played high school basketball, uh, decided not to play in college, uh, basically took my first coaching job because they said, if you coach seventh grade boys basketball, we'll, we'll hire you. And I took it. And so that was a teaching job, teaching job. Yeah. Okay. I, teach, I teach eighth grade social studies at the middle school in our district. So, okay. so I started there and, and started coaching and get into it. I bounced around between seventh grade freshmen and, Took the eighth grade job, which is kind of the bigger job in our school. Uh, I did that for 14 years. And lucky enough, the varsity coach was a college buddy. Uh, so I was his assistant at the same time. So I was coaching. I think one year I coached 30 games in the month of January. So,
1: so, so before we go any farther on that, so tell me something you took away from gro- coaching in eighth grade.
0: It was great because uh, my, my, my buddy, Mike Zamarki was a fantastic coach here in Maine. Uh, Mike coached Marshwood for years. Uh, we sat down and really put a lot of time and effort into the teaching progress of what we wanted to accomplish. Uh, obviously eighth graders walking out of an eighth grade program physically could not play at the, at the varsity level. We had a right. couple that could move in, but we would take, I was telling you earlier, we'd take our kids to Providence team camp. My goal was simple, get these kids to a position where they could fill in in a summer game. Okay. And know the basics, you know, know what we're doing, know the basic skills, know the terminology, know what we're trying to accomplish and, and do that. So I really had a chance to, and I, I really learned from some, some of my, the coaches, learning how to break and teach the skills that need to be done. I think, you know, that, that's, I, I might even overteach skills if there is such a thing. I think <laughs> spend a little, a lot of time on it, but, you know, you find that kids see, really seem to like that because they seem to see the improvements. So, I really got a lot of that, you know, in developing it. And I think the other thing is we work together to develop our youth program, and I put in a tremendous amount of time you know, putting together drill books and doing weekend clinics and really doing the entire program. So in 2000, 2000- I, I tell young coaches, I said, coach, just coach.
1: It's like being an apprentice, a plumbing, plumbing or, or an electrician apprentice. You just got to go coach. You were basically learning on the job is what you were doing in a lot yeah. of
0: respects. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, it was kind of fun. And I had some good mentors, too. And I was lucky I had some mentors in high school and but I really had a chance to kind of reach out and do my own Right, experimenting. It was kind of your own little laboratory. I was the varsity coach, you know, I was actually the varsity assistant coach for a while. Then uh, the opportunity to take the girls varsity job opened up at Marshwood High School. And I took that, uh, which was fantastic. Um, I did that for 11 years. I did take one year leave of absence near the end. My wife and I, in 2013, we adopted our son from Ethiopia. So we, okay. he came home October 25th, right before the season started. And I really didn't think a 13 year old boy, who hadn't had a dad needed to be missing a dad while I was on the floor. So it was a great decision on all parts. I came back for a year and realized that, you know, something I really need to to focus. So I stepped stepped away for three years and then Seacoast Christian called because I had actually helped one of my friends, actually one of my son's friend's father, my son's friend who was adopted, was coaching the junior high girls team. So I pulled all my stuff out and I sat down and went through all this stuff. And then he suggested I coach the boys varsity at Seacoast Christian. So I did what any brave person would do. I asked my wife thinking for sure, she'd say no. And she's like, I think you should do it. And so did my son. So I said, okay, I I want to make sure I had the green light. He felt okay with it. And I coached the boys varsity for two teams. And then with COVID coming up and all kinds of restrictions, and we really have limited, uh, I went from a class A program, the largest, you know, in our state to class D uh, you know, with limited facilities. And our athletic director said, would you be able to coach both teams? So last year I took on both the boys and girls team and coached them together.
1: Okay. So you're not doing that this year? Yes, I am. Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah. So how does that work?
1: <laughs> <Okay>, I'm just, <laughs> I tried to coach back to back sports and that was hard enough. So how does yeah. it work like scheduling? I mean, do, are
0: you home? How does that work? We, Is it the same? We, yeah, we, we actually practiced together. Uh, okay. Last year we had uh, we had seven girls and eight boys. So we okay. had 15. So when it came time to teach the skills and drills, uh, you know, they did, you know, teaching a crossover, teaching a crossover, obviously shooting with different right. balls. Fine, But when we did some team stuff, what was great was we never really had enough kids to do five on five. And, and my girls team was very talented. They did they right. very, very well. So they fell in love with, uh, they really got a chance to get out there and learn how to run and press and. Fun story. At the end of the year, we were down to five. I had one girl with a broken foot. One girl had to go to a doctor appointment; she couldn't miss. We went to another school, and I had only have five girls. And I tried to tell them. I said, "Hey, listen, you know, easy warm ups. You know, we'll get through the day. I'll I'll save my timeouts." And my my, I had no seniors. My junior, real good shooter. She looks at me. Any questions? She doesn't say too much. She said, Any questions? She said, "Yeah." She said, "Can we press?" Five girls. I'm like, you better believe it. We're going to go press them right now. And they did. They they thought they could beat them pressing. And I'm like, no, that's great. They, they, they latched onto to love. I could not, the girls couldn't get enough of it. They, they loved right. film sessions. They love, you know, doing scout or right now, scouting stuff. Is, is, was there any, was there any dating going on between? Uh, yeah, there was, there was one couple, but that was kind of okay. But I think okay. what really <laughs> made it happen was they had three senior boys that had been, you know, started as sophomores for me. And they really yeah. took the lead uh, when it all started and really established a climate. You know, it's a small school. We only right. have what, 40, I think we're over 100 kids now. We have like 40 something kids. So about a third of the kids play basketball. Right. And the three boys really took a great leadership role. And I think that was something I was really proud of that they were able to pull that. I didn't really even have to go to them. They were like, let's make this work. And, right. they, and they wanted to have a season and they wanted to like, oh, absolutely. One of the cool things was it it transferred into school. I found out from the athletic director and some of the teachers that like they started kids started getting along better in classes and things like that. So it it was kind of a win win. It was a fantastic. It was one of my most fun seasons. It's a societal issue. Like it's hard not
1: to like people you spend time with as much. Like it's easier to not like people you don't know. Like so uh, that's a great that's a I think that's a great lesson. Um. So let's talk about your matchup. So why do you why do you like the matchup and tell me a little bit about it
0: goes back to my middle school coaching, and I would go through and do everything. And And my the varsity coach that I worked under when he was at the University of Southern Maine, played under Bob Brown, great coach up here in New England, yep. Hall of Fame coach. And uh, Bob used the matchup, and he used a little bit of it. And I, I was using it near the end of the year. We had some long junior high seasons. And this is before AAU really kicked in. So I would take my junior high kids. We'd play a lot of postseason tournaments and keep it fresh. I started tweaking the 3-2 a little bit started adding some matchup things. I go to clinic. I saw a clinic with Bill Green uh, coaching up in Bangor. And that was a great one. And as I went, I kept adding to this little Frankenstein. And I started looking at what's beating us, what's not beating us. What do we handle well? What do we don't handle well? Where do teams shoot from? Where do they not shoot from? And Kind of went at the end of the year, and I finally had a team that had two six footers, and everybody else was probably five three and shorter. And that team ended up winning the championship, ironically, with both six footers fouled out of a game because they all learned <laughs> how to play matchup. Right. And because it also allowed us. I realized we were not giving up transition points because it was so much easier to get into after pressing. So we we applied. And pressure. what did you
1: what did you press to get into it then?
0: Uh, depends. We can go, you know, one, two, one, one, or uh, two, two, one. And my girls really fell in love with like a full court one. It was a two, two, one, but turned into a one, three, one, where we just kind of posted someone in the middle, depending on what we basically, what that allowed us to do was it allowed us to now control tempo of the game. So if we wanted to go half court trap and then fall back into it,
1: you're, you're a man of my own. Like I want to dictate to you. Like, I don't yeah. want you dictating yeah. to me. And I love that. That The matchup just. So what do you think causes the biggest issue with offenses in the matchup? I know I have my theory,
0: but. I think one thing is it's hard to scout because the kids learn it. And I, and I really, I wish I could. My 2012 girls team I had was so good at it that we actually used a little bit of Dale Brown freak in it where we would play some real good. You know, we had a couple players that, you know, the division one players we play this team out of Portland that had three D one players on it. And we would go freak out of it and we'd run different calls. So we could gets p- past one side. We're trapping her, but we're going to play a matchup on the other side. Or we can, you know, we could do all, we, we, we would guard the post with an offside guard. We could just do stuff that was so malleable. and it, and, it, and it freaks teams out, doesn't it? It does. It's crazy. The beauty part is the kids would make the adjustments. We'd run through a scout and I'd say, how do you guys want how do you guys want to handle this? Nate, they, they would talk about it. And I mean, we had a snow day, which Maine we have them all the time. And we're going to play that night. And you know, I'm laying on the couch for I'll catch a few extra disease. My starting point guy calls up and she says, what if we do this with this? I mean, she's already thinking about it. They love the fact that they had a lot of ownership in it and that they could dictate. And during a game, they could actually make calls on their own inside of it once they get the knowledge piece of it so we're working to build that into seacoast christian but it, the marsh girls i mean they had it down and it really it made us we were the second smallest school in class a and when i say that we had 650 kids and we're playing schools up 800 900 a thousand people and we were competitive with them it right the so, so what, what will it take for the new school to be able to do that just time we you know they i just put the first summer program in last year uh, our kids come from quite a distance they don't live in a town like i have one girl that lives probably an hour and 30 minutes away from another girl because of it's a, it's a christian school so the kids are a private school they can go there so trying to get them together is not is hard
1: hey do you do you have is it, is it is it how's okay i don't know the i know the weather in wisconsin how's the is there
0: issues with them getting to school there is because we have we're near the coast, seacoast Christian, so we can get away with it. But the, you can actually drive and see the line where the snow, where the rain ends and the snow starts. Okay. So we have to so more you don't
1: get as much snow, you don't get like water. The, the coast keeps it clean, less
0: snow on the coast. Sometimes, yeah, but sometimes we get, you know, we we'll get nailed. But it, we have to be very conservative about that. Okay. Uh, you know, we're trying to get kids there, so we'll, we'll
1: get, go. we'll get, we'll get, um, we'll get lake effect snow in Wisconsin. Yeah. It'll come off the lake and it's like it's like all right there's 14 inches like that. Yeah my I, I don't think my my brother always says even in New Hampshire I don't think you get the snow we get. I just don't we um, get those
0: from those nor'easters that come up the coast they start as hurricanes and they hit us and then we'll be next you know it's 24 inches of snow in the ground and you yeah. wonder where it came from. So we do get those we do get that. Yeah. yeah. So but our kids you know they they they're dying to learn and what was great was last year we had obviously a shortened season you know, with, with COVID, we didn't get started. Our county was listed as yellow, which meant we couldn't practice. Finally, they let, they let us do it. I had I was getting ready to start practice, and then we had a COVID scare. So my kids had to miss 10 days of practice to sit out. We came back. I had one practice, and then the following day, I had to head back up north. I, li- I grew up in Maine, and my father passed away. Oh, so sorry. we really had a very jagged start, and it could have been a disaster, you know, a recipe for disaster. But they embraced it, and my assistant coaches embraced it, and then near the end, we were starting to put in some of the concepts. They were that okay. they uh, were getting there. So it's kind of a you, know, you can kind of tweak it. and You can go as much matchup as you want. You can just play it straight man. Or you can play it straight zone. It's a it's pretty like I said. It's pretty pretty fun. So, so it's a, you're you're saying it's an easy sell. It is. There's some things that are very. I think we have a couple things that we do that people will be like, I can't. Why do you? I can't imagine how you do that. I had one. My first year I put in with a girls varsity, I had one guy pretty knowledgeable, he's a basketball official. He came to me and said, I can't understand why you have my daughter guarding two people at one spot. I said, then I'd love to coach against you because she's not. <laughs> so, you know, he thought for sure he knew what he saw, right. but what he was seeing wasn't what they were getting. But I've had my greatest compliment was I actually had coaches yell at their players, just shoot the ball because they were so frustrated trying to run their offense because we can take away everything you're trying to do with a good scout. I mean, that's what a good defense does too.
1: I'm telling you. I mean, the key is that, it, and I I believe that. So, what
0: what's the hardest thing to teach in that? Uh, probably the initial matchup, and then the various rules, the movement rules that we have. Um, you know, we started out, and I I actually I actually teach it out of train. Well, we, obviously we shell drill like everybody else, but we tra- teach out of transition with a four three four disadvantage drill. The hardest thing is to get them to understand you may not guard the same person throughout the entire possession. So I might start on you coach, but then, but with three passes, I might be guarding this kid over here. And I have to understand that someone else is going to take care of that. That's hard when you've played either just straight zone and you've worried about an area or you played straight man and you weren't allowed to switch. So, right.
1: Do you do do a specific type of handoff or do you do anything like that with with me? me, Me, like I'm guarding X and then X runs in front of you and I hand him hand him or her off and then
0: grab someone else how we do you, hand you do off, that yeah. we hand off all cuts away okay yeah we what we do is we come out and i, and I got a pdf i can share what we do is we start out and i i'm a very visual person i've actually put a volleyball pole under the rim okay We've actually you know we we, we use that as, as and we draw two diagonal 45s out there and we tell the, the kids i asked the kids when you were in school where's the, you know, where did the teacher send you when you're bad and they're in the corner and i said good that's what we're going to send these teams We're gonna send them to the corner They can play in the corner all they want. Everything, it's almost like a baseball diamond. Everything in the middle is ours. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that.
1: Learn more at marines.com.
0: They can play up there all they want. Okay. So we force everything. So every, our alignments inside, every, we switch every screen inside, forcing every switch outside. I'm uh, telling most, you, I'm a, I'm a firm
1: believer in switching everything.
0: Yeah. We like to keep our, our, our bigs. Now that team that I did it with, I wanted to keep my bigs where they needed to be. Let, let, it, let somebody else play some defense. And we, we teach, you know, tremendous ball pressure uh this year i'm actually going to i've been starting to do a lot of stuff with the peel and switch i'm gonna start adding that a little bit now for penetration we really like to help from the backside, which is weird most kids we try not to leave you know the driving kick shooter we try to stay with that shooter and we rotate and what we do is we teach everything drops back to that pole okay and the kids said i tell them can you have a rubber band tied to your butt and it pulls you back to that pole so you basically rotate down and back out it's weird at first, and you think you lose steps, but when you're down there, you get two things you get vision and you get to read everything. And you're back. You apart. have that in a PDF I could look at?
1: I do. See if you can share it. Because I'd love to. Uh, hold on. Let me, let me make sure you can share. Because I'd like to see what you're talking about. Because I think uh, I know. Yeah. Hold on. I got to let you share. There you go. Um, oh, you use meets. And I, so share yeah. is on the bottom. It's on the bottom under security, maybe. I don't know if it is under security for you. Um, there should be a share button on yeah. the bottom. There we go. I'm. That's that's intri- that's interesting to me. We'll I will I, and I and I coach will share. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm assuming coach will share this and I can put it down in the show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll,
0: I'll send it out. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um. So you 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 number by different.
0: We number our defenses. Okay, that's what we do too. Yeah. First number is the front. Second number is where you pick up on the floor. No, that's
1: okay. Yeah, so I use the first number is where I pick up on the floor. I've always thought that's a good idea. I break it up into quarters. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great way to do it. So do you have a diagram of what you're talking about in terms of that pole? I do.
0: Well, not with the kind of... Oh, there, that's what I'm talking about.
1: Okay, the alignment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're saying that's that's the pole, that's the bottom there in the middle of the paint.
0: Right. And we're going to let you play on both sides of the outside of that that V. We're going to take away everything on the inside and I, I should have put four more on the inside. Okay. And so anything that happens, we always step into the ball four and five or a step above the ball. Everything can go over the top to your head. And it's basically, it's a closeout defense. We practice closeout every single day in every single way. It's a, it, and it's hard closeout. We don't, you catch the ball. There should be a player sitting underneath you when you catch it. And we do a lot. And what these. are you trying to do on those closeouts? We're trying to get you to one, not get an open look. We want you to put the ball on the floor because what we're doing is we're rotating behind you. And if I, it's funny, if I could pull my, I, I can't, I can't yeah. get the film now, but th- th- our first game this year with my boys team that had some experience, our first six possessions, we end up with six steals because of the rotations off the dribble because we're forcing we're, we're telling you, you can dribble the ball down there, but we're going to rotate to it.
1: So you're not going to let
0: anything inside of the V. No, actually, if I, I don't know if I put the first pass in here. I did, actually. So if the okay. ball came out here to three side, three is going to play toes to the sideline. We okay. tell them, uh, you know, uh, my my, downside, my down court center is going to be splitting them. I'm forcing down here. Five is going to do a step through over the top. Our point we call triangle help. The point plays in a triangle area. Okay. Four slides over, and this is the magic. Two slides to the weak side box. So two is running the whole show. So it looks like right. everything's open. We practice up. We figure the long of the pass. What helps is ball pressure will slow that the, the cross court skip, and playing high on the upper shoulder here. With yeah, it's sitting
1: on that sitting on that ear. I know it's like when my funnel down defense. I do that too. Yeah. It's like because the, the if you do it right, they're gonna they're gonna first of all they're gonna want to go. Yeah, and the second thing is you're right. It gives you that half of a second on that pass to be able yep. to get out there. It's that it's, yep. a second, half a second, whatever it is. That
0: um, three playing high like that allows one to close the point out because it actually forces the reversal pass higher and wider. Right. So I'm playing, I'm playing on the balls, upper shoulder. So I'm forcing a dribble baseline into five with one and four there. Anything goes this way. It's going to be passed up in this area. Which either one gets them out of the shooting range or gives one plenty of time to do a, a straight closeout on it. Yeah, so I that's that. that's a big piece of it, and it's a lot of ball pressure too. You catch it, there's ball pressure. So, you know, where where and we're you
1: always ball. run out of the same alignment, or do you
0: ever change up and try to do it out of different alignments? Depends what they come down. To. You know, if they, if they come down and uh, and they come down, we actually practice it a lot against the one two one a uh, two one two. Excuse me, and okay. we'll if that were the case, one matches up, and then we have our rules in the initial matchups over here and we start talking it out. Um, and what we'll do is what's nice is you can figure it out possession by possession. Hey, you know something I had this, this kid, maybe I should switch off next time and I'll take this. But what we're doing is we're sprinting to the rim on any type of defensive transition. We have our, our first philosophy is guard the rim, then stop the ball. Okay. Cause everybody's going to the rim where they want to. So we're going to get to the rim, and meet you there. Then we'll come back out get to the ball, and then we'll fill in from behind. So we do a lot with our transition drills, our, our disadvantaged transition drills and things like that. And we also do a lot with quick matching up. We'll play our 444 half court drill. You can't guard the same person. So they have to match up immediately and everybody rotates through. So if, if the ball were to dribble here, five would step out. It's a rotate, you know, it, it just, everything comes from behind. If the point had the ball and drove on one, we'd have five step up, four step over three is going to stay on their shooter. We're not going to play the. The, the drive and kick game. When
1: you when you initially did this, what was the hardest thing to convey to the kids?
0: Uh, having faith in your teammate that they're going to be there. I think that's the hard part. Like any, uh, it's almost like a mini press. It's almost like a little mini running. We, we've actually run it like a run and jump. Right. Uh, my o my 08 team was a real good girls team, and I had three outstanding guards, and I had a real a real smart point guard. She was actually a McDonald's All American. Then I had real athletic, uh, wing that ran track at Bates did a great job. And every time she'd drive baseline, my one would come down and slam a trap on that. And the two was very long and athletic and she'd take off and we'd get that reversal pass every time. Once they get to a point in no man's land, we'd shoot We'd shoot that backside too and step up so they can do stuff like that. They? Right. I like that. I like that. Um,
1: is there so, so I'm playing against what what have people tried to do to you
0: recently? They've tried to do a lot of well, a lot of a lot of passing and cutting, which is great because we we drill that all the time. Right. And if, if it's a ball side cut, you stay. If it's a weak side cut, you hand off uh, our weak side guard in this case, two would be running the show. We one of the big things, this is probably I, I probably should have mentioned this, Coach. I think the hardest thing is, is getting the talk. Because it's not they, they they'll talk, but yeah. what do you say? So we really one of my one of my things that we had to do was really come up with a comprehensive vocabulary. What are we going to
1: say? So did you come up with a glossary then or something that they would know specific yeah, things?
0: And I like to use little phrases that they know and what's, well, you know, when they're getting it, when your bench is yelling it before you are <laughs> there, they're, they're all over it too. They, and by talking, it does get those bench kids involved a lot. I had my first year doing this. My first girl's team, I had a girl that basically, I didn't have to say a word. She saw it faster than anybody else who could see everything that was going on. I also had a very good post player who didn't mind on a closeout assisting her wing players getting out there with a gentle shove. <laughs> so we, we I always tell I always
1: tell it. my guys, I said, you can't follow your own teammate. Right. Yeah. And they go, What do you mean? I go, This is okay. And then I just like this in the oh. lower back. I go, you can push them to where they're supposed to go. They will be. They will be grateful. You're not trying to push them down. You're just trying to move them right. to where they should be. That's okay. And they look at me like, I can do that. I go, Yeah, you can yeah. do that. Your own player. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's, yeah. We say yeah. stuff like that. You know, we say like, you can't get closer than close. Or I'll tell them, you know, we don't miss three jump shots. Oh, it's
1: or... low as the lowest too. So what happens when I? What happens if I overload? Overload you.
0: So and that happens a lot. So when overload. What we'll do is we'll just what we'll do is we'll tip our front three guards. So what we'll do is we'll take the point, we'll play your high outside person, we'll drop the wing to the corner. Okay. Our 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 opposite post player will take the high post and our weak side guy will drop down into that low post box so they can see everything. And I they've like got what was left over on that backside. So any skip, they're running out, everybody's flowing back through to it. That box to wing closeout is just. And we yeah, get so and many, and it's basically
1: clear. get low as the lowest is what I yes. tell them too. You got to be, like- inside,
0: you got to be inside them. You can't be on top of them because they're going to rebound, rebound you. And we actually teach our guards, you know, when that shot goes up, bury that post play right to the baseline. Let, just get <laughs> everything in front of you. Get, <laughs> I, mean, I always like demonstrate. You. I always like demonstrating that, coach. It's like, well,
1: yep, you can get the rebound there when the ball comes right through the net. That's great. Good know. for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, then we're trying <laughs> to press you anyway. So we want you with the ball. <laughs> right. So. You you can have that. Is there is there a progression of of the way you teach this?
0: Yeah. We start out with uh start with basic close out. We'll start, you know, close out up front and we'll start, you know, we'll do, you know, real basic, you know, touch. Then we want to turn the dribbler. we'll do it from the wings. That's that. They don't like that when they have to go out and climb on that high shoulder and think I'm giving up a layup. And I'm thinking, but you're telling them where to go. So beat them. We do a beat to the spot drill, right? That's our individual stuff. And then what we'll do is we'll start going two on two close out in the wings. So we learn to drop to that weak side box, close back out. Now they start to go, oh, I got a little safety back here. And then we'll build it to three with a point. Uh, we'll do some individual stuff with our forwards, like knocking down flashes, how to do the X step through over the top so that anything goes has to go over the top. And then we, like I said, my first start to introduce it, I do it through a four, three, four drill. You throw it, one guy has to touch and they go four and three and there's a trailer coming back. And we actually walk them through. Okay. First pass step out. Everybody rotates. We always say my, my big one down there is worse. First, we take care of worse. First. What's the worst thing they can do to you. We take care of that first. We'll figure everything else after that. I told him it's almost like a baseball thing, right? Balls hit to the gap. Hey, everybody. I hope you're
1: enjoying this. If you are, maybe go over and check out Coach Collins' other podcasts, Teacher's Sidekick and High School Hoops. Um, Subscribe, like, leave a five-star review. Maybe. And then uh, also you can go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. All right. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network. 18 plus.